It's always dangerous to ask a counselor to speak. Because we spend 30 some odd hours a week listening. So, I don't know what you're in for this morning. How many of you would say this morning that you are tired? Would you raise your hand if you would say, I'm tired this morning? Okay, a few of you. Keep your hands up. How many of you would say, I could use some more rest this morning? How many of you, how many of you would say it's been a really long week? How many of you would love to experience Sabbath this morning? I want to. I've never, before today, I've never done this. But I wonder this morning if we could just take a moment just to rest. If we could take just a moment to slow down, to breathe. rest. In a moment, not yet, I'm in a moment, I'm going to ask them to, the, my friends in the tech booth, by the way, being up here, and I have been here lately working uh, the cameras for those who are at home, and sometimes it's a challenge when you're on the cameras to follow the preacher wherever they're going. So I, I have promised myself, I've given myself a box this morning to try to stay in this box because I know what it's like to be back there and to do this. So David, I'm sorry for whatever I do this morning. <laughs> when you get going, you just get going. But I want us this morning to experience rest. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to breathe. And here, here's how I know. It's like, why would you tell us how to breathe? We do that naturally. All I, want to, I want us to breathe very specifically for a moment because I want, to, I want us to do some breathing that slows us down. Here, here's the thing that I often work with people on because they come into my office and it feels like they're going about a million miles an hour. And I don't know about you this morning, but my heart in this culture feels like it's going about a million miles an hour. And so I ask them to sit down and so I'm going to ask you to sit in a very, find a comfortable spot. If you have your arm around your significant other, would you just pull that back for a moment? Put your feet on the floor. Find a comfortable spot in your chair. We're going to pull the lights down and we're going to black out the screen for a moment. And I'm going to ask you just to take some deep breaths. And here's how I'd like for you to do it. I'd like for you to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. That seems simple enough. But when you blow your breath out, I would like for you to slow that breath so that it takes about twice as long to exhale as it does to inhale, in through your nose, out through your mouth, about a twice as long. And we find it sometimes helpful if we're gonna, if we pretend as if we were blowing our breath out through a soda straw. So in through the nose, out through the mouth very slowly. While you do that, would you just relax your shoulders this morning? Through your nose, out through your mouth very slowly.
Continue to breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. Just relax your shoulders. Let the tenseness of your body just flow. As if it was flowing from the top of your head out through all the way down your body, out through the bottom of your feet. Just let your body relax. In the quietness of this room, allow your body to come to quiet. You get real still and real quiet. You can hear your heartbeat. And this morning, I believe that if we're real quiet and still, we can also hear the heartbeat of God. a few more of those breaths. In a moment, I'm going to ask them to go ahead and bring the lights back up for just a second and bring us back up on the screen, but just let your body relax in this moment. Holy Spirit, in the quietness of this room, would you just come? Speak to us now, Lord. May we hear your voice. May we know today just a glimpse of what it feels like to be at Sabbath rest with you. And when you're ready, you can reopen your eyes. I'm going to bring the screen back up and the lights back up for us. And I'm curious to know this morning, what was that like for you? You can yell out this morning, it's okay. What was that like for you? Peaceful. What else? Center, I'm sorry. Relaxing, centering. I think for a moment that maybe in that exercise we begin to capture a bit of what it means to live in Sabbath rest. I don't know about you, but we live in a culture that has done all sorts of things with Sabbath. Years ago, we had blue laws that I think were well-intentioned, but I think in some ways missed the mark. We couldn't do a lot of things that we enjoy, some things that we maybe needed to do. We couldn't go to the grocery store. We couldn't enjoy a meal out together. We didn't go to the movies. We, we, we didn't play sports. We didn't enjoy leisure. As a matter of fact, this week I, I looked and said, one person wrote, it seemed as if the blue laws were to keep us from enjoying our day. We don't seem to have that problem in our culture anymore. 
Our culture seems to have another problem. It's all about production and consumption. We live in such a fast-paced world. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but we live in this world that's always on us to do something, to be something, to earn something, to consume something. We talk about busyness as if it's a trophy that we're proud of. We talk about all our busyness, and it seems that we believe that the busier we are, the more important that we feel, and the more important we feel that others think that we are. We live in a culture that's all about do it and earn it and prove it. Show us that you know what you're doing, that you're willing to put in the hard work. And then, then we'll believe that you're somebody. You know, sometimes I think we run around breathlessly trying to to do all these things just so we can shine our badge of busyness to show everybody else just how busy we are. And if it's not the busyness, if it's not the, the, the production, it's the consumption of our society. It's all about more, having more, earning more, using more, collecting more. More, 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 more. When is enough enough? It's the old question. How much money do you need to make? And it doesn't matter how much you make, the answer to that question is always just a little bit more. It doesn't matter how nice a car we drive, we're always wanting the next best car or house whatever it might be, phone, golf clubs, whatever. More, 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 more. Go, 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 go. Anybody else feel that this morning? You just got to keep going. Where does that end? Where does that ultimately lead us? To anxiety. Because when we have more and we want more and we're chasing after more, we have this desire to protect what we have. And you don't touch my stuff. And you don't take my stuff. It's mine. One author wrote, this constantly chasing after will leave us us endlessly restless, feeling inadequate and unfulfilled, pursuing things that will never satiate the desire to have enough. Our hearts will always and endlessly want more until we ask God to show us what peace and Sabbath are all about. Can I tell you this morning, Sabbath is not just a religious topic. It's first and foremost an economic topic. It's the idea that's deeply rooted in no matter what we produce and what we consume, that Almighty God will provide the things that we 
need. Folks, we have to this morning come to rest in this. That no matter what we do, Almighty God will supply all of our needs. It doesn't seem our culture is satisfied. Go, 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 do, 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 earn, 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 consume, consume, consume. And I have to ask this morning, is there a better way? Is this what God wants for us? I don't think it is. But you see, this isn't a new problem. <clears throat> the Israelites found themselves in a very similar situation to where I believe we are today. Back in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, we, we find the children of Israel in Egypt. God has is, is heard their cries because Pharaoh and the taskmasters of Egypt have been, Egypt has been relentless on them. He's been working them hard day after day in the sun, having them make bricks. Finally, Moses has the courage to go to Pharaoh and said, listen, Pharaoh, God's people need a break. You give them one day to worship God. You know what Pharaoh says? Not a chance. I can't have them slow down production. They've got to keep going. And you know what? Pharaoh becomes so angry at this that he says, you know what? We've been providing them straw to make bricks, but not anymore. Forget that. They're going to have to not only continue to make just as many bricks, but now that you've come, Moses, and you've told me that I should listen to God, who is God that I should listen to him, Pharaoh says? Now they're going to have to continue to make just as many bricks, and they've got to go find their own straw to do it. And the people are just like, okay, we'll just keep going. We'll just keep doing. And because God, I mean, because Pharaoh would not listen to God, God begins to invite or begins to bring the plagues upon Pharaoh. Plague after plague after plague after plague until Pharaoh just can't take it anymore. And he says to Egypt, get out of here. Or says to Israel, get out of here. We don't even want you here anymore. And so Moses begins to lead the children of Israel up to the Red Sea. Somewhere as they're traveling away, Pharaoh goes, uh-oh, there goes my entire workforce. What am I going to do? We have a problem. Hey, guys, go get them. Tell them to come back. Surely God can't continue to do this. And what does God do? You know the story. He parts the water of the Red Sea. And the people of God walk through on dry ground. And when Pharaoh's army chasing after them enters the Red Sea, God collapses back the waters of the Red Sea and drowns Pharaoh's armies. And they get to the other side and the people begin to celebrate, no more, no more, we don't have to do this anymore. We don't have to do this anymore. Matter of fact, the entire 15th chapter of the book of Exodus is Moses singing the song of celebration of God's deliverance. And then we get to chapter 16. If you've got your Bible, turn wherever with me this morning. Something begins to happen in the people. <clears throat> God's just done this mighty work, and you know what? They begin to say, now great, look, we're out here in this wilderness. God's not taking us quite to the promised land yet. What are we going to do? Where are we going to eat? Moses, there's nothing to eat out here. 
Were there not enough graves in Egypt? Forget it. Maybe we should just go back to Egypt. Forget all this plan that, that Moses and God hatched because you know what? There's nothing to even eat out here. At least in Egypt, we could sit around pots of meat and eat. God says, I will provide. We're going to pick up the story, Exodus chapter 16, starting at verse 13. They were complaining they didn't have any meat. Look what God does. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, dew lay around the camp. And then when the dew was gone, there on the face of the wilderness is a fine flake of fine frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather it, each one of you, as much as you can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of persons each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. Some gathered, they gathered, some more and some less. But when they measured it with an omer, Whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever had gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. As Moses said to them, let no one leave it over until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms, and it stunk. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as they could eat, and when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when the leaders of the congregation said to Moses, he said to, when, they, when the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest. A holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you'll bake and boil what you'll boil. And all that is left, lay it aside to keep until morning. So they laid it aside until morning as Moses had commanded them. And catch this. It did not stink and there were no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will find none of it in the field. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out together, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandment and my laws? See, the Lord has given the Sabbath, therefore, on the sixth day he gives you bread for, on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested <coughs> on the seventh day. When I read that, when I hear that, thank you. Here's what I hear. Three things. Sabbath is an act of resistance. Sabbath is an act of surrender, and Sabbath is an act of embrace. 
Let me show you what I mean. If we're going to come to a place where we can rest in God, we must resist the temptation of our culture to work, 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 work. Consume, 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 consume. We must come to peace and resist the push of our culture to work all day, every day. We must resist the idea that we only have value based on what we can produce. You know, I said to you a moment ago, we live in a culture that says, do it and earn it and prove it, and then we'll think you're important. But you know what? That's not God's economy. There is value in you whether you can do nothing at all in God's economy. I'll be honest with you. Some of my favorite people are people with Down syndrome. You know, they don't do life like we do, right? I have a coworker, her, her, her daughter has Down syndrome, and I tell you what, this young lady is filled with joy. According to the world, she doesn't have much value simply because she cannot produce like you and I produce. She'll never have a professional job. She'll never make great money. She may never drive. She may never marry. you know what? She has a joy that few of us know. And when you see her, she smiles from ear to ear. COVID's been hard on this young lady because you know what? She's a hugger. And everybody she sees, she wants to hug. You know what? In God's economy, she has value just like you. There's nothing that you and I can do to increase our value. No matter how hard we work, no matter how much we consume, God loves us and we must rest in that fact and resist this idea that somehow, some way, we've got to earn God's love. Can I tell you this morning, church, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. Isn't that good news this morning? Oh, man, I need to know that nothing I do. But can I be honest with this church? Sometimes as even good church people, we run around trying to, trying to get God favored, run around trying to, trying to get people to love us and like us. Can we just rest in the fact that we have value? Can we, can we resist this idea that what we have who we are, who we're, who we're related to. That's what matters. We live in a culture that that's hard to do. God said to us, we must rest. It's a commandment, right? The Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann said, the fourth commandment, this commandment to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, may be the hardest one for us to keep. He said, because honestly, good church people rarely struggle with wanting to murder someone or murdering people. We, ra- we rarely struggle with lying or stealing. I don't know very many Christians who have, a, who have an idol somewhere in their house. 
He said, but in our culture, in our world, in the year 2021, we have a hard time resting. Why is that so hard for us? Because we've bought into this idea My value is based on what I do. Can I tell you this morning, church, our value has to come from our Heavenly Father. If the creator of the universe took six days to put everything, the sun, the moon, the stars, create humankind, the earth, all the animals, all the plants on this thing, and then set a pattern for us to work, one, two, three, four, five, six days, and then stop and rest the seventh. If Almighty God set that for an example, why should we not follow it? Why is this so hard for us? I think my friend Scott Daniels, a former professor and friend of mine, he says it this way. It took 40 days to get Israel out of Egypt. But it took 40 years to get Egypt out of the heart of the Israelites. They were so work, 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 work. Pharaoh had driven that into their heart. And can I say to you, I think church in the United States and probably other places around the world, we've got to get that culture of go, 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 consume, consume, consume. Get all that you can. The idea that somehow when we get to the end of life, that the one with the most toys wins, that's not true. We got to get that out of our heart. We need God to do a work within us to, to sanctify us in such a way that we don't have to live in the patterns of this world. We can find a new rhythm with God. And one of those rhythms is to slow down and to rest and have Sabbath. But maybe we can only do that when we acknowledge the second principle. Because Sabbath is an act of surrender. Sabbath is an act of surrender. We're surrendering to the fact that God does not need us to produce. Long before you were ever thought of, long before you were a a twinkle in your mother's eye, Almighty God, in the chaos, in the darkness, began to create. And he tamed this nothingness and began to set it in order, night and day. Sky above, earth below, and the waters of the earth. God began to put them each in their place until he came to this place where he looked at all of those things each day of creation and he said, this is good. And then on the seventh, he taught us rest. You know, part of the story we just read is surrender to the fact that God is going to take care of us. I love that piece. They go out and they begin to gather, right? Right? Moses says, just gather one measure 
for enough for one measure for each person in your tent. Go out and gather. And then begin to gather it up, and there's always just the right amount. And then some people said, hey, honey, that was really cool what God did. But what if he doesn't do it tomorrow morning? Oh, yeah. Nobody will know. Let's just save a little bit. No one will know. And they wake up in the morning, and what's there? Yuck. It stinks. It's got worms in it. Ugh, right? It's got bugs. Okay, shh, shh, just, just get it out. God said, how long will you not obey? Then the other piece. Well, God's provided day after day. This must be some natural phenomenon. God says on day six, gather twice as much as you need. Bake it, boil it, whatever you're going to do with it. Just prepare it, save it till tomorrow. They wake up and, wait, something's happened. The last time we did that, it had bugs in it. But God showed up and now it doesn't have bugs in it. But that isn't enough. God's given them enough for every day. And you know what? What if he doesn't produce tomorrow? And so some of them leave their tent and they go out looking for it again. And guess what? It's not there. God said, I told you to rest, but you won't listen. I'm providing you everything you need every single day. Trust me. Surrender to the fact that Almighty God is our ultimate sustainer. I said this in a sermon a few years back when I was pastoring over at Pea Ridge. And a lady came up to me after church and she said, Pastor, I, I want to I, I talk to you. And I said, okay. And she said, what you said about God being the ultimate, like God gives us all this stuff. She said, I don't know if I can believe that. Well, it seemed really important to her, so I wanted to hear her out. And she said, God doesn't get up and get in my car and drive to work every morning. I do that. And God doesn't get the paycheck at the end of the week. I do that. And God doesn't pay my, my rent. I do that. He doesn't pay my utilities. I do that. He doesn't go buy the groceries. I do that. He doesn't provide the gas. I have to go fill up the car. He doesn't pay the car note and the utilities. I have to do all of it. It's true. She said, then how can you say that God provides? I said, everything's his. She got really frustrated then. I do all that stuff, she said. Let me ask you a question. When that part of male and female came together at your conception, who gave you life's breath? She said, God. And every night when you lay down to rest, who gives you rest? I, I suppose God. And when your days are up and God calls you home, who will take your breath from you? God. I said, then can you just surrender to the fact that all of this belongs to God anyway? 
said, Pastor, I need to pray because you're right. There we prayed together. And I believe God began to help her see that all the things that she was doing, God was giving her the strength. God was leading her. God was teaching her. You know, sometimes we believe that we do, but can we this morning surrender to the fact that God uses us? But everything we have and everything we do, ultimately, all our energy, our life breath, our resources, all of it belongs to God. Can we surrender this morning? There's a third thing. Sabbath is an act of embrace. Can we resist this moment? This notion that you and I have to prove ourselves. Embrace the fact that God has chosen us, his creation. A God who needs nothing. A God who wants to have a relationship with each one of us in this room and longs to have a relationship, dare I say, with every person on the face of the earth. Sometimes we struggle with that. We, we, we want to prove ourselves. We want to do all we can for God. And sometimes I believe God just wants to say to us, stop! Just rest. Just rest. Slow down. Take a nap. Go for a little walk. Curl up with a good book and a cup of coffee. Whatever it takes. Just slow down. Because you know what? You are my beloved. You know what? A long time ago, my wife quit having to prove anything to me. She doesn't have to do anything for me to love her. I just choose to. You know what? When my kids were born, they were so helpless. We changed more diapers, fed, oh my heavens. They didn't have to say, well, dad, listen, you changed all my diapers, thank you. How do I prove my, how, how do I know that you love me? How do I prove my love for you? I don't know. It's not how this works. You're my kid. I love you. I'm always going to love you. Doesn't matter what my kids do. I'm always going to love them. My kids are not perfect by any stretch. But you know what? <coughs> Their actions change nothing about my love for them. Can I tell you what this morning? I believe that's how the Heavenly Father feels about all of us. We are His beloved. And when we recognize and we learn to surrender and we learn to resist this idea that oh, we have to prove ourselves to God, then and only then can we just stop and rest. Years ago, Tony Campola told the story of an interview between Mother Teresa and Dan Rather. He said, Dan Rather 
Ask Mother Teresa, when you pray, what do you say to God? And she said, I don't say anything, I, I just listen. Dan Rather was kind of caught off guard. He thought he was going to hear something really impressive. He kind of gets his feet back under him in that interview and he says, okay, okay. So when you pray, what does God say to you? And Mother Teresa stopped for a moment and she said, he doesn't say anything, he just listens. And if you can't understand that, I can't explain it to you. My friends, this morning I want to have such a close relationship with Jesus that all I've got to do is crawl up into his lap and lean in. And without hearing words, I know exactly that my Father loves me. And I know what he wants me to do for him. In that moment, he just wants me to rest. Allow him to embrace me. I want to have that relationship that's so close. I don't have to use words and God doesn't have to use words. I can just know his heart. I think that's what Jesus meant. Over in the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, Excuse me. This is what he says. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, my friends, I believe this morning that Jesus wants us to embrace the fact that he loves us. And we can do nothing about that. We're powerless to change that. Because in that moment when we understand the love of God, we do not need to rush out and do we can embrace the fact that we are his chosen. We can surrender to him. Say, God, it's all yours. It's all yours anyway, whether I acknowledge that or not. Lord, help me to resist this culture. Friends, I don't know about you this morning, but it's so easy for me to rush around trying to do so much and sometimes I like to think that it's somehow about me trying to help enough people. Truthfully, sometimes it's about my pride. Sometimes God just wants us to rest. Would you stand with me this morning? to hear this message this morning but I know that I did because I'll be honest sometimes I get in my own way I 
I wonder this morning if there's someone here that just would want to say, I need to pray and ask God to help me get this into a new rhythm. It feels like my life is spinning out of control. I'm going so fast in so many directions. I'm trying to produce and consume, and it just gets so hectic. I just need to slow down and be with him. Is there anyone here like that this morning? 